weeks. Don't ask me to talk. Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas from the ridiculous to the sublime on Don't Ask Me to Talk. Now, here's your host, Stacy Heller. Welcome, everybody. It is February 9th. I am Stacy Heller. Joining me today is a friend of mine from high school. We went to Stewart Country Day School of the Sacred Heart together. Welcome, Raquel. Hey, Stacy. I'm so excited to be. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, and here virtually because you are actually not anywhere near here. You are actually far, far away. Um, you are in Atlanta, aren't you in Atlanta? Yes, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. That's what I thought. Um, Raquel has always been and continues to be like creative energy personified. I mean, this girl, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna talk more about it um, as we get into the show. Um, but first, we have to talk about last week's show. So last week's show, I had Brian Brooks, my first true love, um, and I had lots of people comment. Well, lots, you know, like five. But hey, that's a lot um, about the show and things like I can't believe you're still connected with an old boyfriend, um, which. Hello, I'm a mature person. We had really good times. We were young. And um, I'd like to think that I'm on good terms with all of my exes. I mean, there aren't that many, but still. Um, And then some people were like, oh, my gosh, is this going to rekindle something? You know, all of these lost Facebook loves that, you know, people um, rekindle and and get back together. And I'm like, no, I'm happily married. He's happily married. Um, So that's not going to happen. And then there were comments on just addressing the whole um, interracial dating and that, you know, that was brave of me to talk about. I don't know. I don't really think it's brave. Um, I think I was a big coward for breaking up with him in the first place. Um, And then actually there was also comments about the the gifts that Brian gave me on our first date, the painting and the poems and the pennies. Um, It was a good gift. So any guys that are listening out there, like – if you like a girl and you're going on a date when you can see her in person, pay attention to the details and it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to be thoughtful, right? That's a thing. Um, so that's the update on that. And mom, mom. Hi, mom. Hi, Diane. Hi, Lee. Always got to say hi to mom. I know they're listening and um, they're probably at least one drink, maybe two drinks in. Um and mom got her first dose of the vaccine. So that is good news. And um, of course, she's chomping at the bit for me to also get the vaccine. However, I am so far down on the list that I might as well be the gum on somebody's shoe. But that's okay. Other people need it more. And I will just continue to live in my little bubble. Um, now, Getting the vaccine was the was an easy thing for her. However, I reminded her that she needs to spit in the vial for the 23andMe um, genealogy thing that I gave her for Christmas. I gave it to her and I gave it to Jay, my brother, and Peter, my other brother, and Annie, my daughter. And Annie got hers back and the other knuckleheads have not done it yet. And, of course, when I was nagging mom about it, her first comment was, does it matter if I've been drinking? <laughs> and 
I'm I'm like, no, I think that'll just show that you were drinking. I don't know. I don't know that 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 changes anything in terms of the results of the test. Um, But it kind of made me laugh. If anything, maybe drinking beforehand will help um, cultivate enough saliva, because if you've ever done that, it's actually really hard to get enough saliva to spit into that tube. Have you done this, Raquel? I have. It's hard to get all the spit. Right. And it's it's funny because when you get the little the little kit, you didn't know that you had to spit in it. And then you get it and you read the instructions. He's like, OK, I have to spit. So I had to set a date or an <laughs> appointment when I was like, you know, competent and be like, oh, I'm going to spit in a tube on Tuesday. Right. And have enough like weirdly have enough saliva to uh, to generate because you can't use like the foamy saliva, by the way, who knew Oh, uh, yeah. So that's a whole thing. So um, mom was like, I'm going to need some help with this. So we're going to have to do a, a Zoom spit take, I think. And maybe I can get my brothers to do it at the same time. And and I'm definitely going to have to record that because I think that that would be very funny. Um, so I'm I'm excited to learn that. I love learning about these things. And, and who knows? Maybe I have some relative out there I didn't know about. Um, I doubt it. But you never know. It could happen. Um, Speaking of family, the other thing that's really cool is this week um, we gave my in-laws for Christmas um, an experience. Because what do you do when you're really far away from your family and you can't see them and you can't be in person? I had heard about um, Airbnb doing these experiences, which, by the way, this is not sponsored. But if Airbnb would like to sponsor me, that'd be great. They're doing these things, since people really can't travel or shouldn't, and you can have an experience with, um, I think they're really self-determined experts on things. I don't think it's like, you know, I'm a master chef or I'm a um, master baker or, you know, whatever, Um, but people can have an experience. So, for instance, ours that we're having on Wednesday with my in-laws is called... um, pasta with the grandmas and I believe it's with a gal and her grandmother and we're going to be making via zoom of course um cannelloni they gave you a whole assortment of different things you could make they sent the ingredient list they sent a playlist that's fun so I guess that can be in the background um and so we're all going to be making this dish from wherever we are. So my in-laws in Florida, Will in California, um, the rest of us are in Washington. But I love that. The whole idea of, you know, doing an activity together, having an experience, because experiences are what create memories. Isn't that fun? I love that. Um, I know. I'm like, I'm my own hype man. What can I say? Um <laughs> But I mean, like you could do anything from being a magician to or like work with a magician, learn how to, you know, have a proper tea. Um, Who knows? Maybe there's etiquette lessons, which I could give to my boys and my daughters. I'm now my brain is like thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, Okay, now this is kind of a fun work update. So on Sunday, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but Stacy connects my business um I am not just somebody who talks occasionally I actually put 
my effort where my mouth is and I do work and I do a lot of um, podcast producing and I'm working on a podcast for a client. She is the owner of a salon in Issaquah, Washington. It's called um, Sweet Bee Hair and Skin Lounge. Also not sponsored, but totally endorsed. She's amazing. Um, Anyway, she's a master esthetician. She has um, training in oncology treatments, and she is amazing. And we've created this podcast. It's going to be called Between Two Cheeks, pun intended. And her specialty is Brazilians. Now you really get the pun that's intended. Um, And it's going to launch in late March. And we're doing it as both a podcast and as a YouTube series. And we're going to be talking in 15-minute spurts about Brazilians. Um, In future seasons, we'll talk about some of the other services that Sweet Bee offers. But since... Brooke is a true subject matter expert on Brazilians. It's going to be the whole season is going to be about Brazilians. And I will tell you, this is going to be hysterical if it's based on the first three episodes. Um, We got to talk about what exactly a Brazilian covers or uncovers, as it were. Um, Love this. Right. We talked about... um, the history of Bush. I brought in a friend and historian, um, JD, um, and typical mansplainer, um, and I totally set him up for this. Um, he thought we were discussing, you know, the Georges um, or maybe even Anheuser Bush, but no, no, that's not what we were talking about. Um, so I totally set him up to look like he was mansplaining. Um, but I love this. I think it's going to be super fun and funny. And um, like I said, I will let you know about it. But it's going to be called um, Between Two Cheeks. And we're going to launch in late March. And um, it's it's going to be funny. It's going to uncover the dark secrets, the hairy world of Brazilians and so on. Um, I, I mean, the puns are like ridiculous. Um <laughs> Okay, and then I have to end with my weekly Staceyism. So, again, I say it every week. My Staceyism is basically something that I learn from somebody else and totally white label that sucker and make it my own. And I listened to the podcast, How I Built This, with um, Guy Raz, and he was interviewing the designer and icon, Norma Kamali. And towards the end of the interview, she said, I do things now to serve my purpose in this lifetime. And that just gave me goosebumps. And of course, you know, I'm sure people are thinking like, well, but what is my purpose? I don't I don't get it. Um, And so it's on the one hand, it's so simple, a concept. On the other hand, it's so complicated. Um, But I guess on a bigger philosophy of life vibe, you know, that's the point, that you're constantly striving, striving to find your purpose and to then ultimately serve your purpose, right? It's deep stuff. What can I say? Um, so that's kind of the big, the big update. My philosophies, my work, home, all that good stuff. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick break here, and when we come back... We are going to talk with Raquel Hill, again, a 
former classmate at Stewart and a current firecracker. We'll be right back with Don't Ask Me to Talk. Stacey Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. What's up? This is Rob Bates, and I want you to tune in to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller, the show that brings joy from pain, sunshine where it rains. Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. And that's coming from me, Mr. It Takes Two, Rob Bates. Tune in. Peace. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. Don't Ask Me to Talk. Are you so impressed with the fact that I had Rob Bass do a plug for me? Oh, I was like, she got Rob Bass? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, I'd like to say that I have an in, but really I have a cameo account. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, whatever. It's so exciting. I mean, I I did such a deep dive trying to find something for my mother and ended up on something for myself. It's like holiday shopping, right? You know, you look for others and you end up with some things for yourself. Um, okay, so I'm so excited about this. You and I both went to Stewart Country Day School of the Sacred Heart, um, really called Stewart, and that is in Princeton, New Jersey. And um, for people that are local to me, it is the sister school of Forest Ridge in Bellevue. So it is a vast network of primarily girls schools um, that are throughout not just the country but the world Um, and like Lady Gaga went to the one in New York and actually when she did a Thanksgiving special several years ago she recorded that special at the school in New York and it made me chuckle because in one of the scenes she's asking these young girls you know what do you do for your Thanksgiving traditions and you know, they they didn't really have much to say. But then when she was talking to them about art, they were like, oh, I love Jackson Pollock. And she was like, typical country day student, <laughs> like doesn't care about food, but will go in deep. Um, and then the other fun fact is, Raquel, were you there when we had an exchange student from Washington State? 
I don't remember that. Okay, there was a girl that came, I don't remember if it was for like a day, a week, a month, a semester, and she came from Washington State, which I then later figured out was Forest Ridge. And um, so when we were moving to Seattle for Pete's job, I had in the back of my head, I want to live in a community near where there's a school like where I went. Not because I can afford it, but because it would be nice to think that if I could afford it, Maybe I'd send daughters there. So um, anyway, longest intro ever. Raquel, welcome. Thank you, Stacey. Again, I'm super excited to, to be here. Um, well, <laughs> you know, it's 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 really fun to reconnect with people. And, you know, Facebook has been, dare I say it, great for that because you get to see what people are up to that maybe you lost touch with. I mean, when we were teenagers, um, you were at Stewart longer than I was. You actually went for, was it 6th through 10 or 7th through 10th? It was 6th through 9th. So through 9th. I, it, yeah, so it was 6th grade, 7th and 8th, and 7th, 8th, and 9th grade. So. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you were there really longer than, well, I guess in theory the same amount of time, but we overlapped. And, um, you know, there wasn't the same ability to stay connected in the same way, you know, unless you shared, you know, phone numbers with people and, and, you know, were good buddies or you dug up the directory, um, you know, you and I lost touch and it's a bummer because I loved you. You were hysterical. And like I said, you were this ball of energy. It was crazy. Okay. So, um, you know, not for nothing. And my son always teases me when I say not for nothing. I was attracted to your, your energy. Like you, you were different. You spoke your mind. Like you clearly do that now. And I just, I needed like um, a boss to the walls type of person to, you know, be in, in my circle. And you, you didn't take anybody's crap and you were just kind of, you know, outspoken and you said what you needed to you know, to say. So whenever anyone was confused about how to pronounce your last name, you were like, like Limerick, Stacey Limerick. And I was <laughs> like, oh, she is like, yeah, we didn't say boss back then, but if we could, I would be like, oh, she's a boss. This, this is, this is my clique. Like, you know, I, there were, there were certain, I was in a different space back then, but I knew you were like a homie, like forever. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, my gosh. That's like that's like a huge compliment. I remember um, going to a uh, retreat and one of the exercises you had to do while you were at the beachside nunnery that we were retreating at was um, give compliments to fellow classmates. And I remember Nina Cochran gave me. Remember her? Oh, my gosh. Um, Yes. Right. Shout out, Nina. Um, Gave me the compliment that I have. bigger balls than most of the guys she's ever met. And I was like, best compliment ever. Um, So anyway, tell me about um, that experience. So you left after a year. Now, given the fact that you had already attended Stuart, what, why did you end up going elsewhere? So, um, you know, middle school was, was kind of cool. Middle school is always awkward for, for everyone. But high school is kind of when you start to fit into your identity. Um, you know, colleges are looking at you. Um, going to a prep school makes you, you know, puts you in line for 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 your future. Um, so, one of the things that I was not aware of was the subliminal racism 
and I'm just, I'm just going to put that out there. Yep, yep. Um, coming into Stewart from Trenton, we took the bus. Um, and we were the smartest of the smartest. The black girls who came from Trenton and came to Stewart, we were the smartest of our class. Like, we just were. And then, and we got accepted into these private schools. We took this, like, PSAT to get us into, into these schools that we went to PDS to take. And um, when we got to Stewart, we were so excited about being in this community of intellectuals that we did not realize how much underlying subliminal racism there was. Um, not until recently, when we hacked upon a whole like a bunch of Instagram accounts called called Black At. So there's this Black At Stewart, Black At Han, Black At PDS. You name the private school, they have an account for Black At, and these these uh, students were basically voicing you know, how difficult it was to be black at these private school institutions. So when we stumbled upon this whole Stewart thing, um, a bunch of us who went to Stewart um, came together and formed BASS, B-A-S-S, and we wanted to make a change. So um, Stewart has recently hired a diversity and inclusion um, officer. By the way, interject here, um, the fact that they've just recently hired somebody is crazy to me. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to say this before this gets really heavy and dark. Because we're able to vocalize this and we're in like this weird kind of like social injustice uh, vomit that we're able to say what we feel without a lot of persecution. Like back in the 60s, black people could never say this. Sure. Bad things would happen to us. Us, uh, the black girls who went to Stewart, being able to say this, we are we're finding a lot of healing you know, it, you know, with, within each other and, um, being able to talk to the new, uh, diversity and inclusion officer at Stewart, um, like we're excited about her actually listening to us and, and taking our, uh, our feedback and, and figuring out how to create programming and processes so that kids who are bust in from Trenton don't feel, um, like outsiders, you know, anymore. And it's, and it's weird. Cause I think we talked about this earlier, I was in the 80s, we had a group in the 90s, and then we had some kids from like the 20s, and then we go to, to, to 2020s, and there, there are different experiences. Some of the kids didn't have the same experiences that we had in terms of uh, um, the discrimination. But yeah, yeah I, it's, it's interesting yeah. to wonder if it's, you know, if it's obviously about the evolution of time. Um, did you find that it was that um, racial and economic, um, like it was all lumped in together, you know, what are, so first of all, I love the fact that there's these, um, Instagram outlets for people that have felt this way to find community and to share. Um, first of all, I think that that, you know, it's, it's a bummer, but when you can find community and healing in something, I think that's huge. Um, what are some of the things that have been shared that people felt? Um, so uh, just referring to the people who were bust in from Trenton as like, oh, I can't say this. Um, like the in-bus. Got I can say they were like, oh, the in-bus comes in from Trenton. You know what I mean? And then just, um, just, I don't know, just the, the real, it was, it was, Okay, I'm going to say it was just very subliminal. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Because 
I did not come to Stewart and think, oh my God, I'm black and I need to fit in. I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of girls here. Let me just do my thing. You know, right. I'm smart, smart. Let's kind of do this. And then you just start to realize that people were chipping away. I remember this um, situation where I was in upper school and we were in open space and this somebody, one of the, um, one of my my peers had went to like the Bahamas for vacation and she came back and she had tan, she was tan. And another person was like, oh my God, you N-word, you are so dark. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So A, that's obviously horrible. And B, it shows you the vacuum that I was functioning in. And I think, unfortunately, I won't speak for other people, but, you know, if you don't feel it or see it or know to look for it, then you are able to comfortably live in a vacuum. Right, right. And and like I said, there's, and I, I totally appreciate everybody who um, is kind of like aware that they didn't know any better, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they want to learn and they're being open. And I think if someone says something that's offensive, uh, we owe it to them, if we're friends with them, to check them. Like, if you say something to me and I'm like, that's offensive, I need to tell you. Like, not let you continue on and just kind of say these things. But, you know, I educate you, you educate me instead of just being like, oh, that's a Karen. Like, <laughs> let Karen just do her thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so weird how Karen has become like an insult. That's so weird. I know. Well, you know, it's just another group that we get to cancel, right? Um, no, but it, it's true. And, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this, that my kids really make sure that, um, you know, time changes things and what's acceptable. So, you know, like... Um, my daughter who works with special needs students, you know, back when I was a little kid, if I was going to um, yell at my brother and, you know, call him an idiot or a jerk, okay. the, R, the R word was a yeah. word that you would say. And you really didn't equate it with folks with special needs. Like, I never thought of it as that. I just it was like a word that you just said. And now with the passage of time, there's a better understanding. And I. I think that there's there's some of that. And so some things are ingrained in you and you're like, I just never even thought about it. It's just part of where I came from or who I am. But I also believe that I I call BS on people that don't think that they can change and learn. So I love when my kids say, nope, not cool. Um, you know, I I appreciate that. It's important. Yeah, I, th- I think what what we need to do is kind of um, acknowledge our similarities. You know, I'm a, I'm a woman, you're a woman. I have hair, you have hair. I have boobs, you have boobs. I have a body, you have a body. Like, acknowledge what we have. Like, a man can break my heart. A man broke your heart. Like, girl, let's get together and talk about him. Let's go beat him up. Right. You know, we need to just kind of get together and acknowledge our, our similarities. So a lot of it, like, uh, and I'm, I'm really not trying to bash you, but, like, I remember going into a bar in Princeton with my friend who has a darker hue. And I'm going to try to make this real quick because I don't want to get into like some very crazy territory. And we went to the bathroom. We were watching the Super Bowl. And this woman came into the bathroom and she was like, hey, are you guys going to pay for your drinks? And we was like, we're just taking a pee. We left our coats up there and our coats are cost way more than, you know, our drinks. You know, and she was like, oh, I'm just used to people coming in like you who are just trying to slip out and not pay. I was like, whoa. 
So we went up and we're drinking and we're, you know, patronizing the bar, whatever. So the next day I go home, I write a letter and I call that <laughs> white woman. I did a white, I was like, oh, yep. and their apology for how they treated us was like, oh, Susan's really a great, pe- great person. She likes animals and she likes animals. Like, right. are you like, crazy right. for being okay with black people to liking animals? Fine. You don't know any better. Susan doesn't know any better. Whatever. And and I think instead of just getting like offended all the time about how people react to it, we just need to check them. Like we just need to say, oh, we're not animals, but you do realize that you put us in the same category as animals. You know what I mean? Like it's not the same. It's just don't talk about the differences. Let's talk about what we have in common. Mm-hmm. I'm a child through my vaginal canal, you birth children to your vaginal canal. Like, uh, you know, we have all of these, like, similarities. You know, we have way more similarities than we do differences. You know, there may be things like, oh, white people can swim faster because their bones are lighter. Black people can run faster because their bones are blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe, you know, those things exist. But as a country, we come together and we have an awesome Olympian swim team and we have an awesome Olympian track team. And we're, and we're, and we're, and we're like, and we're like one. But it just involves it. We just really have to have an open mind about all those things. And I know we have so many more things that we can talk about. (laughs) No, but this is really I mean, this is really important. It's a important dialogue to go back, as you say, for the healing and for the acknowledgement. And, you know, I suppose it's a good thing that, you know, I even back then was looking for like people, you know, who had the same creativity, who had the same ball of energy, who wasn't a drag to hang out with. Right. Um, and, you know, so I 100 percent agree with you on the, you know, you've got to revisit the past in order to move forward into the future. You don't have to stay in the past. I think that that's not healthy. But I also agree with you that you should check people and you don't have to 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 check people with you know, aggression or, you know, like you're attacking them. It's the same way that, you know, if somebody said a word wrong, that they just didn't know, you'd say, oh, actually, the way that you say that is, you know, foe. Um, And you're educating. There's no judgment. You do it out of love. Like, you're just like, I don't, you know, you're my friend. I don't want you to go out in, in society and misrepresent like a thing. So, girl, say it like this or, you know, say it like that. And I even... You know, we boil it down to like just pronouncing people's names correctly. Don't make an assumption because you see the first two letters of someone's name and, you know, the ending of it and you just <laughs> like fudged your way through it. Take the opportunity to learn how to pronounce their name. You know what I mean? So, yes, that's yeah. true. Well, and I your point about, you know, the similarities and the differences, uh, you know, they they always say that uh, people with red hair bleed more easily, you know, like. <laughs> There, yeah, it's a thing. Eric just gave me this look like, seriously, that's a thing? Yes. And worst part about that particular fact that I learned, I learned it when I was about to give birth to my oldest child. And the nurse was like, hey, you know, redheads bleed more. I was like, really? Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to say this. Is ginger a bad term? So here's the deal. It takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> so, so, like, I immediately go to, like, ginger, like, Marianne and ginger, or, like, gingerbread, which I love, or ginger snaps, or gingerbread cookies. Like, it doesn't offend me. 
Um, and when people say gingers have no souls. <laughs> that, what? I've never heard that. Oh, like, really? That. Oh, that's no. such a thing. Gingers have no souls, which I think came from South Park, maybe. <laughs> which I'm like, it's from South Park. I mean, let's have some like perspectacles on about this, right? So, let's- you know, to me, that is, I let it roll off my back. However, that said, I would also argue that that's something that didn't get in the way of how people perceived me, the opportunities that I've been afforded, the way I've been made to feel. You know, nobody's ever come into the bar bathroom and said, hey, Ginger, you going to pay for that drink? Um, You know, so I would argue that we're not comparing apples with apples, right? I respect that. I respect that. Yeah, I think it's a whole I think it's a whole different um, thing that's happening with that. And the other thing is, I think with things like that, you can climb the ladder of um, intention with things. You know, what are people trying to do? Are they trying to rattle you? Um, Are they teasing you? There are times when somebody's just teasing me and I know what their heart is. And so I let it roll off my back. Other times the person is trying to go after me. And you know what? You don't, you're not going to get my energy, good or bad. Yeah, a- absolutely. Like, I, I agree with with all of that. And I, so one of the things that I really want to kind of um, say to you is um, spirit attracts spirit. You know what I mean? So energy attracts energy. So um, I was attracted to you because we had this thing. And I'm going to name my whole tribe. Denise Vita, Maritza Maxwell, um, Susan Crosley, uh, Nina Cochran was a part of that. Did I say Susan Trisdell? Oh my God, Trisdell. Oh yes, yeah, Stephanie Trisdell. Stephanie Trisdell. It was like, there were a bunch of us who just kind of like, we flocked together. And even when we were hanging out with each other, we were just like, you know, like, I like you. But right. my mom said I shouldn't like you, but I do. And we just would, and we really kind of like, you know, bonded. And, I, and one of the things that I, I will say, my son, warned me not to be a private school snob and it's like oh i'm better than you because i'm in private school but with Stuart, with the the mater window and us being in the forest um and us going to class we had this freedom you know we had this kind of like leisurely prance about kind of thing that that we could we could do when we when we, we went to class and that freedom allowed us to be very cognizant of critical thinking we were very critically thinking oriented and we we applied certain things and even if we didn't say anything out loud we were just like oh, that's not right that's mm-hmm. wrong I agree with that um so i 100 percent agree with you on that uh, you know people can say that you know you think about congé and how like suddenly it's like free day and you know the <laughs> the things that we were afforded and you're right it seems like this very like we're all just flitting through school however you know, and we were a graduating class of um, our graduating class was 34 <laughs> girls. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, like the class that you would have graduated with us uh, was 34 girls. And so there is that impression. However, it was 34 girls that worked really hard, that took things really seriously, their academics, their um, the commitment that they had to things. And as you say, the, the critical thinking piece. I mean, I almost was ill-prepared to go to college because of the people that I encountered in my classes 
seemed so far behind in terms of their ability to think critically, to right. to question things, to, you know. And even if you didn't say anything out loud, we were just like, oh, no. sorry. Oh, it, it's so true. And and as a young woman, um, to be empowered to do that, um, you know, that was huge. Um, right. So I, you're right. There is really great things to say about it. And, you know, that's the power of the word and instead of the word but. You know, there are um, folks that experienced this very subliminal racism at school and at Stewart throughout the years. And, and it's still a great school that you could take advantage of and learn so much from. Right. Yeah. Oh, Joanna Vargas. <laughs> I know Joanna Vargas. She's a get for my show. I would love to have her on the show. Joanna Vargas, for those of you um, that are not aware, she is a talk about, she's a beauty guru. She has her own um, salons and spas in both New York and LA. She has a skincare line out. Um, she's a celebrity esthetician that counts crazy clientele. Lupita, um, um, Julianne Moore. Oh, yeah. I mean, she is – talk about a boss, babe. She is amazing. Um, so, yeah, I I really appreciate talking about it. And, you know, I you – know, didn't say anything out loud. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I said to you before, you know, I would – love to be part of that conversation but it's that awkward like I'm supposed to listen and learn I'm not supposed to necessarily <laughs> be part of the conversation but I love to talk <laughs> so um, we're going to take a really quick break here and then when we come back let's continue the conversation because um, there's more to your story alright we'll be right back On Mother's Day 2013, Tennyson Jacobson and her family experienced a traumatically violent home invasion. That experience was the springboard for her podcast, Common Ground. Tennyson wanted to create a space for vulnerable conversation about what happens after the trauma. While details may be unique for each individual, trauma is something many of us experience at some level. Tennyson shares her story and discusses the start and nonstop journey to healing, owning her narrative, and moving forward. Go to Common Ground, the podcast, to listen and join Tennyson for a Facebook Live event on Thursday, March 25th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. She'll answer questions and interact with listeners. Welcome back to Don't Ask Me to Talk. Um, okay, so let us, is there anything that we missed in talking about the good old days? Anything you want to add, Raquel? Mm, no, but we could do a whole series on the on the good old days. Um, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think uh, the most important thing to cover was... Um, as you say, like attracts like, and um, and the fact that you know there there's always more to the story, and sometimes you don't even realize what the story was at the time, but it turns out there's the more you know, the more you learn. 
And that's really what it sounds like has happened. And I'm so glad that there has been some conversation and healing around it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, since then, you headed to Trenton. You became a cheerleader, (laughs) (laughs) which, you know, that's something Stuart didn't have to offer you. Absolutely not. Um, And you got to then be a spitball of fire that went into the world. And you are an entrepreneur. You are literally a spark plug specialist. You are involved in the arts. Um, You are involved both in New Jersey and Trenton and in Atlanta, where um, I know I think you're the chair of arts and entertainment for the um, for the Atlanta Black Chambers. Um, You're a foodie. And (laughs) you are also working on um, you're a breast cancer survivor. Congratulations. Who is working on your one woman and two breast show. (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely so Um, let's talk about that tell me about um all of these adventures okay so um when i left stewart country day school of the sacred heart in princeton new jersey i went to trenton central high school um and i've always wanted to be um a um I always wanted to be a cheerleader. Like, the cheerleaders were the bomb. So elementary school, I was at Monument Elementary School, and we would have, like, elementary school cheer competitions, and the Trenton Central High School cheerleaders would come in, and we would see them, and they were, like, bad. And I was like, oh, I want to be one of those when I when I get big. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> so, every little girl or most many little girls. Right. So I ended up going to Trenton High. But because where I came from, I was kind of like, I didn't really fit in, but I didn't really care. I was like kind of like Lisa Bonet going to an inner city school. Icon. Um, <laughs> so at Trenton High, I became a cheerleader. I was considered the nerdy cheerleader with the glasses. But, um, you know, cheerleading gave me my foundation. And Were you a flyer? No, but I was teeny tiny, so I was always on top of the um, pyramid. There so I always up there and had to be like, Ooh, lock the elbows and just kind of be up there. Cheerleading gave me like this voice and it just kind of, you know, you, you cheer for your team and it, it amplified so many things. And and one of the things I got to do was be very creative and I got to create cheers and what we call sides. So a cheer is when you go onto the floor and you do a whole like five minute like routine, you know, and then you build a pyramid. But the chance on the side were when you just like two minutes, you're just like, hey, we got you. We're doing it. Uh-uh. <laughs> you just kind of everybody repeats that mm-hmm. so I love being a Trenton High cheerleader um I had a kid when I was like 19 and I love him he's doing a very he doing he's doing amazing things um and while I lived in Trenton I I never let go of my ability to be able to be like a dancer I was also I was a dancer so I lend my dancing talent and my uh, ability from an organizational management point of view to manage dance crew. So I connected with the Devastation dance crew (laughs) and um, two of my kids from that crew danced with like Mariah Carey at some point. And it was just like a big thing at the lighting of the Rockefeller tree. And that uh, uh, made me think, oh my God, I could be a talent manager. Let Mm -hmm. me manage, you know, talent. That captured the attention of one of my close friends, Dion Ferris, who lives in Atlanta, Indicator. 
And she was like, hey, move to Atlanta. It's the new Black Hollywood. You can write your plays and you can dance. So I moved to Atlanta to pursue those endeavors and to manage her career. And that just blossomed and, and you know, catapulted into this a, a amazing thing. Um, while in Trenton, let's go back a little bit, I was also, I was the, I was a administrator for um, Samuel Frisbee, who was a um, Mercer County freeholder. I got to do his fundraising because I was his, his administrator. You know, I handled all his, his booking and, you know, everything that, that goes on with um, that task. And it gave me a taste of politics. So when I came to Atlanta, one of the things I did, I was a political campaign manager. I managed the campaign of uh, a candidate who came, who was a runner up for District 10, which was a really big deal. We had a very successful campaign and it was just awesome. No doubt. It's from all those sides that you used to do when cheering. <laughs> oh, that's so funny because his last name was the same same as mine. And there's actually a, youth, uh, a Facebook thing was like, vote for Kenny Hill. He's the real deal. And if you can't hear me say Hill, yeah. So I did a whole like cheer for him. And yeah, just, you uh, did. Of course you did. Of course I did. Um, and um, from there, I um, got in touch with the Rensselaerville Institute, who is my um, full-time-ish employer. And um, I became a community spark plug senior specialist. Um, and that's like amazing work. Go around the country and we give seed money to people in communities who have these amazing ideas. And I take their ideas and turn them into tangible projects. Um, we do what's called results-focused kind of uh, initiative. So we begin with the end in mind. So we look at these projects and we think about, um, you know, what is it that you want to achieve from this? And then we back into that process. I get to do it in, now we're in Connecticut. We're in Renton, which is very close. I know, Renton, Washington. I can't believe that you mentioned that. That's so cool. We've done things in Clarksdale, Mississippi, which is the blues capital. Morgan Freeman actually owns the the Zero Club. I'm totally botching that up. Um, which is, a, you know, a mainstay in Clarksdale. We've been in Atlanta and we've been in Gadsden County, Florida, you know, since I've been working for this organization. So we've, in all of these little neighborhoods, these underserved neighborhoods to give community people the opportunity to have ideas, get some seed funding, get some technical support, which is, which translates to um, thought partnering and, um, you know, thought partnering and, and, and calling me and saying, hey, that's a great idea. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about mm -hmm. this? Let's do this. Let's do this. So um, that's been very uh, su successful. I love that. I love the the spark plug, the spark plug of ideas, the spark plug um, connotation of energy and and, you know, just plugging into the community and Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. Um, so all of that was going on. And then I OK, I'm going to say this. I wanted uh, I had gained weight and I felt uncomfortable with my weight. So I hired a personal trainer, and when I started, when the weight started to drop, <laughs> I took a. Sh I was in a shower one day, and I felt a lump. So I was like, okay, lump, breast. Oh my god, lump and breast. Oh my god, that means breast cancer. So I was like, okay, let me just get it done. Like I, I was never afraid. I was never like, oh my god, I think I have cancer. I'm gonna. I was like, I need to know what this is. I need to deal with it, and I need to move on. Um, I want to go to Paris. There's all these things I want to do. I was like, oh, my God, I need to do these things. So when I went to my oncologist and they found out that it was breast cancer, I just, I, you know, I didn't know. 
I wasn't comfortable with like the holistic approach. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I could eat a bunch of blueberries and be okay at the other side of this. <laughs> so give me chemo and give me radiation because I respect the, the pink sisters who went before me who've sacrificed their lives and their time to, um, you know, for these things to work. Right. So I mean, I, they paved a way, not necessarily I, the only I, way, but they paved a way. Right. They, and, and I and I respected them for that. So I was like, okay, I am completely, um, you know, understandable. And even I started thinking like, oh, I'm going to sign up for like um, trial tests and, you know, all these other things, like test medicine on me. I never did that, but I thought about it. I was sort of like, all right, all right. <laughs> um, and I went through chemotherapy, like everybody who goes through chemotherapy. It's a vanity thing, right? It heals you, but you lose your hair, you lose weight, and all these other things that make you look sick. And maybe that's not how you thats not how you want to present your best, best self if you are used to people kind of thinking you are a rock. Right. You're really was, vulnerable. <laughs> right. You are. You know, and um, nausea, diarrhea you know, loss of appetite. There's this thing called chemo brain where you, it's it's weird because people who have COVID are experiencing what sounds like chemo brain. Mm-hmm. People who have COVID experience loss of taste and loss of smell. Chemo patients, we went through all of that. We lost our sense of smell. We lost our sense of taste. We lost our mind. We lost our hair. Um, <laughs> we have neuropathy. I still have neuropathy. The very tips of my fingertips, when I go to bed at night, I wake up in the morning, my whole arm is numb and, you know, my fingers are numb. And that still happens. It happens last night when I woke up into today, but I shake it off. By the time I take a shower, you know, I, I'm, I'm good to go. And it's it's crazy to be like, oh, this is my norm, but, it, you know, I'm alive. Right. <laughs> didn't die. Cancer did not take me out. Well, I feel like you normally have a hill yeah approach that's your hashtag but when it came to cancer you were like hill no (laughs) (laughs) i was like he'll rest there you go Mm -hmm. he'll tired um so um out of all of this experiences i am working on a one woman play um and i'm gonna say it now don't steal my title it's called fck p and k if you put it together take out the vowels um, you can figure out what that says, what what that is. I was very angry when I got my diagnosis of cancer because I thought this should not happen to me. I was like, I recycle, I recycle, I respect <laughs> the universe. I'm not supposed to get cancer. And I was, I work out. I'm healthy. I don't drink. I'm like borderline vegan vegetarian, jujuba. And I was like, oh my god, like you know, I I love people. I'm not supposed to get cancer. Right. And there I was with stage two A. Um, And the cancer, not only was it in, it was inductive, uh, inductive carcinoma, IDC, invasive ductile carcinoma. And it, and the 2A, because some of it has started to seep into my lymph nodes. The lymphatic system is responsible for curing all of your ailments. And if you have cancer in your lymphatic system, it can spread to all your other organs. So what my surgeon did was remove 19 lymph nodes from my body. Wow. It messed with the rotation of my arm and I couldn't, I'm a dancer, so my own bra was kind of uh, botched up. Um, but my comeback is fire. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> I keep elevating and elevating and elevating. Every day I wake up, I'm a new person. Every day I wake up, I have all this energy. Um, 
someone asked me recently, if you could tell your 20 year old self anything, you know, what would you tell her? Mm -hmm. I would not reveal anything for her to change the trajectory of who I am. I love where I landed. I might whisper in her ear, everything is going to be okay. You know, I would tell her everything is going to be okay so she can continue to persevere. So she can just like, when she's like, oh my God, this is so hard. I have a baby and I'm 19. I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, she would hear that and she would continue, but I wouldn't tell her what to do. I wouldn't tell her what choices to make because if that trick changed anything for my for the future me, I would go back and I will punch her in her face because I <laughs> love where I am. I love where I am and I love, you know, I love the experiences that I have. And I, you know, every guy that has ever broken my heart, thank you. Because when I get ready to love, oh, that's going to be the bomb. Every job that has ever disappointed me, you know, and the skills that I gained from that, thank you. Because... I'm going to be a really bomb ass entrepreneur. You know, every, everything, every friend that was like, oh, we can't be friends. Thank you. Because it has allowed me to be a really good friend and be very selective about the people that I choose to be in my circle. And I thank God for you. And I I want to mention Robin DeVoe. Like everybody from there, there is Stephanie Livingston. Oh my gosh. They were so (laughs) fun. Like everyone, Jacqueline Stubbs, all of you guys, um, Carmen Hodges, everyone. Who's- all these names. Hey, everybody. I love that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, all of you guys, like, I will never, ever, ever regret, like, you know, the awkward thing of, like, getting your period when you're like, stupid. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're the you're so awesome. Okay, we're running out of time though, and I want to make sure that if people want to know more about you and what you do, and they want to be in the know for when this this one woman play of yours comes out, how can they contact you? How can they? What do they need to do? All right, because I am an expert at social media, you can find me everywhere on all social media platforms at six o'clock. That's S-I-X-O-C-L-O-Q-U-E. S-I-X-C-L-O-Q-U-E. Six o'clock, straight up and down, like the time. And if you want to kind of see what I'm doing in the uh, social media digital marketing realm, just go to my website, RaquelHill.com. <laughs> so RaquelHill.com, um, and I'm going to branch that out. I have four brands underneath my you know, my hoogee gidget. I am, oh my God, it's 6.58. Um, I do social media. I have a dance company. I have my food blog. And I, Like I said, you are creative energy personified. It's crazy. Well, I want to thank you so, so, so much for joining me on the show today. It was so fun to go down memory lane. And thank you, Eric. And next week on the show, I have Bridget Quigg. She's the founder of the Your Genius Workshop Series. Take care, everyone. Stay connected, not close.